It's a process. Yeah, you've heard it, but when you're living it, the process can feel like hell. In this episode, I share tips that can help you start or continue moving through your healing process. It's an individual journey that you don't have to go through alone. In today's show, I get some great advice and a few laughs from my audience members. I'm Dr. Lisa Summerauer, and I'm here to help you understand it's your life and your journey, and divorce is not a destination. I am Dr. Lisa Summerauer. Thanks, Wanda. And this is Divorce is Not a Destination. And this is the podcast where I want you to come to get healing, really. Um, Today's show is going to be talking about the seven tips to help you heal after your divorce. But I always want this to be a place where you can come for information, inspiration, and motivation that will help you go down the path uh, feeling much better about yourself. Divorce can be really, really difficult to go through. And everyone is different. Uh, They have different experiences, different levels. Some people may never experience it. And maybe this won't be the podcast for you if you went through it and it's been joy and wonderful uh, from the beginning. But for a lot of us, we take a lot of, um, we have a lot of emotional and mental and spiritual and some people physical angst that we go through or went through going through a divorce. And I really wanted to create a wonderful, courageous space for people to come and get information to help them get through that and to let them know that this is not a place to get stuck. Divorce is not a destination. It's an experience that you've gone through, not some place where you have to be stuck in where you're going to be living the rest of your life. So what I want to do in this podcast is help you get through the rough spots and encourage you to believe that it will get better, that it will get better. Matter of fact, it'll get much better. I think for a lot of people, there is an enormous amount of joy on the other side of divorce. And so today's show, I'm going to be talking about a healing plan, seven tips to help you heal after your divorce. And I know I have some people here who are going to be able to chime in. So what I want to do is make sure everybody knows how to use the little icons at the bottom. You'll see the react button. If you click that, it's going to open up a bunch of options so you can can have fun participating in the podcast. And you just have to push on things and see what bells and whistles go off when you do that. On the left side at the bottom, there's a circle with two lines in it. If you click that, it'll give you an option of asking if you can speak, like getting on the microphone so that you can talk. And I'm seeing something new that I have never seen before. And it's a Q&A link. So one of you, if you see that on yours, you might have to pick it, but uh, hit it and see what happens. But I want to invite those of you who this might uh, spark some information or some thinking, some thoughts or ideas that you may have as we're going through these tips to heal, if you want to share what worked for you. So I've listed seven, you might look up and get some bonus ones. So I'm going to start off right here with number one, and it's spend time with people that you care about who support you. And I'm going to add to that people that you care about and who you know care about you. And that means they're going to be really, really supportive. Now, we all have friends and family who can be really, really supportive, really highly supportive and caring. And we also have some friends and family that they may be pretty cool, but you may not get the support from them that you need in the way that you need it. And if that's the case, yeah, it's 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 with everything, not just divorce, just life. You need to know who those people are and you need to be really okay with avoiding them. 
Um, I read something years ago, and I don't remember it was uh, it was actually in a business uh, business book, but it talked about uh, people that that you work with, and maybe people that you live with, because all of that in, uh, impacts how you show up at work. And it says some of these folks you need to put on a shelf really high up in your closet that you don't have to deal with them too often, but you know, they're still there in your life somewhere. And I think it really does apply to family members and friends um, when they're in that category. So find people that support you who are going to be close to you and they're going to give you what you need. And you know what you need because you know, if it doesn't feel right. And I don't mean people challenging you there. There are periods in your life where you're not in the frame of mind or the emotional space to be challenged. And while they may think they're helping you through something, they may send, they may really be sending you further back into the depths of what feels like hell for you because you're just not at a place to be challenged with stuff. You, you need comfort. You need support. You might just need peace and quiet. You may not need someone trying to force you to figure everything out right now. That's going to come in a minute. Actually, it's coming right after this. So seek out what you need and avoid everything else that you don't need if that's the space that you're in as you're going through either the actual divorce or you've come out of it and you're still trying to sort things out. This is a time for you to be around people whose company you can enjoy and people who are not going to trigger certain things. It's really interesting. Sometimes you could be going through something really difficult and you just find yourself saying, what were they thinking? No, I really don't want to look at pictures of my ex today that you took 15 years ago because you thought they were so cool. I don't, and you don't have to feel guilty or bad about being in that space of saying, you know, that's not for me right now. That's not going to make me feel good. So I'm going to pass on that. So that that's going to be our first tip today. Spend time with people that you care about, who care about you, who are going to support you. Now let's get to the seeking to understand what happened. You have to figure out with all of these, uh, these ideas that I'm giving you, these suggestions or recommendations or tips you will need to figure out when is the right time for you to employ them if they're right for you. And this one can be a little difficult for people. It may take you a little while to get to a place where you're taking time to figure out what, what the hell happened here? What happened? And we often will get into this space uh, where we might be blaming the other person. We might be blaming ourselves. There may be a little bit of, of responsibility for everyone to take. Um, but it can really, really benefit you to sit for a minute and spend some time going, what happened? Um, was it just the wrong person? Did I just pick the wrong person? Were they too jealous? Um, did he or she spend too much time at work? Did you spend too much time at work? Did you spend too much time partying with friends and not nurturing the relationship? Um, did you fail to make enough effort to get along with the in-laws or was it them that failed to make effort to get a so figure out for yourself what happened because it's going to help you one really put um the responsibility i don't want to use the words blame and fault but put the responsibility where it belongs and it will keep you from taking ownership of things that you can't possibly own you cannot be responsible for the choices that other people make for the decisions that other people have made if someone decided to lie to you, to cheat on you, uh, whatever that, you know, whatever they think caused them to do that, at the end of the day, they had to make the decision because there are people who go through 
really stressful, difficult times in their relationships, in their marriages, and they never decide that cheating is the answer, right? And then there are people who will cheat and they will blame it on their, well, if you hadn't done X, Y, Z, I wouldn't have stepped outside. There are other options between point A and, and the one that they went to, and, and they may be able to justify it. And you may be even, you may even be able to understand their justification. You still don't get to own their decision that they made, right? So learn what you can from that relationship so that you can one, heal yourself and acknowledge, you know, who did what and whose responsibility it was. But the big thing is not even not taking it into another relationship, just not carrying that weight around in your life, whether it's in another relationship or not. You don't want to or need to carry the weight around with you because you haven't unpacked it, right? So it's baggage, whether you get into another relationship or not. The question is, do you want to unpack the baggage and take a look at what's in there and then repack it with all the stuff that you really need to move forward, whether it's alone or with somebody else down the road, right? So that was number two. So number three, and this one, you kind of have to do the unpacking before you can get to this one. Forgive everybody involved. Forgive everybody involved. And sometimes you need to forgive yourself before you can forgive anybody else. Um, I think sometimes we are, are so busy feeling like we failed and we can be really caught up in what society says is a failure. Your marriage didn't work out and you want to look in the mirror and go, what's wrong with me? And especially if you've been married more than one time, married and divorced more than one time, you can start taking on this, um, this demeanor like there's just something inherently wrong with you. And you just have to realize we're human and we're, we are, we, we, we're going to make mistakes and we're going to do things that sometimes disappoint people we love. And in turn, there will be people who love us and who we love who do things that disappoint us. And there are, are, are a lot of relationships, married and not, where this happens and people are able to resolve it. They're able to sit down and, and have conversations and hash it out if they need to or go to therapy. And they're able to, to work through it and it strengthens their relationship. And that's just not always the case with everybody else. So if you've done number two, which is try to understand what actually happened to the best of your ability and, and understand you may be doing this by yourself because the other person may not be invested in working through this with you. Uh, we kind of look for, some people will call it closure. Well, I just wanted to have one more conversation to get closure. Sometimes you got to find closure yourself for yourself by yourself. You may be fortunate to have a therapist that can help you work through it or somebody that will just let you talk your way through it, talk yourself through it while, while they listen. Um, but you can't count on someone who has ended a relationship with you to be there to help you have closure. And that's just a, a sad reality for some people. So it's going to be up to you to figure out what happened. And then it's going to be up to you to find it in your heart to forgive. Um, they say forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's actually for us. It's actually for you so that you can free yourself from the anger and the pain and the blame and the frustration that you might be experiencing after going through uh, a split or a divorce. So we're going to spend time with people that we care about, who care about us, that are going to be supportive. We're going to understand what went wrong and do the best as we can to figure out what we're responsible for and what the other person needs to own. And then we are going to forgive everybody involved. 
and I'm just going to put it out there. That means your ex. Yeah, you got to figure out a way to forgive them. Okay, you can have those days where you still want to get a pincushion out. I'm just saying. Um, but you, you, seriously, you still need to find find a way to so that you can forgive them. <laughs> I, I say that around here a lot. Um, because the reality is, this may have been the best outcome for everybody involved. Even if you didn't initiate the breakup, there's a really good chance that you had an inkling that it might happen. You probably were in the relationship and aware enough to know things weren't going as well as you would like them to. You may have been tolerating a lot of stuff. You may have been hopeful that things were going to change, that he or she was going to change or that you were going to change. And whatever it was that was going to cause this to turn and be a healthier, more positive relationship experience for you, it didn't happen. So sometimes I don't think we're 100 percent blindsided by what by the relationship ending. It's just that our hopes, our aspirations were that it was going to last. And it didn't. And there's hurt and there's could be embarrassment and shame. And it's uncomfortable as hell because somebody might have to move and change in addresses. And it's a marriage. It's the, the divorce papers. All of this stuff has to happen that you were not planning for. And so there's a lot of, of discomfort that you have to get. Um, basically, you have to get comfortable with the reality that it's going to happen. Uh, but going through that, sit down every now and then and just take a breather and go, what good came out of this? What is actually better in my life now than before? Because we really spend a lot of time looking at it as being a failure and being negative and being horrible and being so bad that I think we could get to that place of looking for the good in it a lot sooner if we know that it's there, right? And so this may have been something good for both of you. Um, the fourth thing is take time for yourself. This is a really good opportunity to make it all about you. You know, they say it's not always about you. This is an opportunity for it to be about you. What is it that you really need for yourself right now? Um, where are the places in your life where you could be taking better care of yourself, where you could be treating yourself a little bit better, where you could be treating yourself to some little luxuries in life that maybe you weren't doing before. And I don't mean things that are going to be really expensive, but maybe this is when you're going to start going to spas, take a spa day. Maybe you're going to spend an hour or two hours a day meditating or reading or sitting and listening to your favorite music. Maybe you do have a, a Netflix binge night once or twice a month and you get to sit and watch whatever it is you want. Figure out what are some of the things that you really want to do for yourself. Um, and be kind to yourself and be gentle with yourself and maybe reduce your workload at work and avoid having to deal with people that you weren't really enjoying being around. Um, sometimes we get in relationships and in an effort to um, in an effort to strengthen the relationship, we spend time with their friends or their family who we don't particularly care for, but we're trying to make this thing work. And now you don't have to do that anymore. You get to just say, you know, no, this, this, that, that's, that's not working for me. Or no, you know what? I appreciate the invite, but I'm, I'm not interested in that. And it's a good time to practice rather than looking at it as saying no to someone else. Think about it as saying yes to yourself. This is a good time to say yes to yourself and go ahead and get that massage for yourself. Sometimes we also don't spend money on ourselves because we kind of feel guilty 
well, what's it going to look like if I'm getting a massage every week or every other week? Now get the massage and pamper yourself. It's okay. It's okay. It was okay to maybe do it before, but you might not have thought about it. But if you start that habit now, make that a part of your everyday, um, I think you'll feel really good about that. Let's talk about finances. And if anyone has questions or comments that you want to add, please go in that little box in the lower left and raise your hand because I'm moving through these because I do want to have some opportunity to talk to folks tonight. Um, pay attention to your finances. Um, divorces can be really, really difficult financially, especially for women and especially for women if you are going to end up with the children, if you have children involved in this. Um, the, the poverty level and the um, financial distress research says that it weighs heavily more heavily on women and women with children after a divorce than it does on men so if you're a woman going through a divorce this is a really really good time or you've gone through a divorce if you didn't do this before this is a really really good time to get your financial house in order and you can look up folks like the budget nista budget nista a really good person for you to look at lynn richardson is another uh, black woman. Both of these are black women who specialize in helping folks uh, deal with their finances and get a handle on their money. Um, and I've, I've followed both of them for years. I've met both of them. And I know that they give really sound advice that has helped thousands and thousands of people. Matter of fact, um, Budget Nista, her real name is escaped to me because I'm always just seeing her, her, ta her name as Budget Nista. She's actually on a Netflix show right now called Being Good With Money. She is one of the four financial advisors that are, they're taking on one client each and you're following what they did with this client for, I believe, a year to help them get a handle on their finances. Um, the, the challenges that you can face going through a divorce can be, um, how do I want to put this? It can be one of the things that makes the divorce feel harder than it might have been. If you are already going through a stressful situation, having financial, uh, being distressed financially is just going to exacerbate it. So if you can get your brain around sitting down and figuring out what is it that I need to do to, to have financial stability, whatever that looks like, figure it out. If you need to go to your bank and see if they have an advisor that you can talk to for free, then do that. You can buy a book, go on YouTube or whatever, and look up folks that are on there talking about finances. If you need to and can afford to, um, get a financial expert, get somebody who can at least sit down and look over all of your finances. Because if you've been divorced, things have probably changed. Maybe you're going to get uh, spousal support or child support. And maybe you're not, but either way, it would be a great idea to have someone sit down with you and look through the history of your finances and then how things are changing for you now. And maybe they're going to show you what you need to invest or that you actually can invest. Um, I would add to this with your finances. Um, what's your living situation going to be like? Where, where, what is going to change about where you live? You know, a lot of uh, people end up keeping the home. If you're a woman with children, there's a chance maybe you're going to keep the home. And the question becomes, can you afford the home? Do you want to keep the home? And this is what a financial advisor would be able to help you with if you're not sure about your money. Because um, and my, my mom can tell you, we've had family members and friends 
who it wasn't a divorce, it was a death. Actually, I think my mom knows a couple where it was a divorce, but I can think of two off the top of my head where their partner died. And these two women were completely ignorant about their household finances. And that is a horrible situation to be in at any point. Um, They say sometimes that deaths are easier to deal with than divorces because the person's actually gone. Whereas in a divorce, they're still there. They're just not with you. So, you know, that that's, that's a six, one half dozen of the other. Neither one of these situations are good to go through when you go through them and you're financially illiterate. So um, if you're listening to this, even if you are in a wonderful, wonderful marriage, if you are listening to this going, wow, if something did happen, I'm clueless about what's going on with the finances. And I actually think uh, last week, mom, didn't we have a gentleman on? who said in his first marriage, he didn't manage the finances. And so there was a little bit of, I was clueless about what was going on financially, right? So it's not, this is not gender-based. This is about what was working in your house. How was the distribution of responsibility set up in your home as to who was responsible for what? And it's okay to have one person that's more responsible for finances and the other person might be responsible for something else but there needs to be some cross communication about those things so that the other person isn't clueless about what's happening with the finances. So even if uh, I'm the one sitting down paying the bills every month, the other person needs to know what the bills are and where the money is coming from and how to get to the money in case I can't access it. So hopefully, hopefully that part will help you because I think it's really easy to just be in a mindset. I'm just trying to survive this damn divorce. I'm just, I'm trying to survive this divorce. It has rocked me to my core. It has thrown me off. And we don't necessarily feel like we can think about all of these things. It's like, I'll deal with that later. Trust me when I tell you, if you get yourself in the frame of mind with, I'm going to, I'm going to engage in my life at at whatever level I can right now. So that what I, what I am experiencing after this happens is, is not going to be me being completely out of sorts with my life. I don't want to be so messed up emotionally that it takes me even longer to get on my feet. So even while you're going through an emotionally difficult time, if you can get yourself for a few minutes at a time to go, let me just deal with this one thing right now. And so you can go through this list and figure out what that looks like. So you can take, this isn't a list where I'm going to try to do all of these all at once today. One day you may decide, you know what? I need to reach out to this one person or one or two people that I know are going to have my back and be there to support me. And it might be a couple of people. That way you're not putting it all on one on one person as you're trying to move through this. Maybe you have a girlfriend that you know you can call and talk to. Maybe you have a family member that once a month or once every other week you can hang out with. Um, then maybe you're going to have one of them that you're able to talk to about, you know, I just realized something that wasn't right in this relationship for a long time. And I just kind of let it slide and I never addressed it. So as I'm, as I'm taking you through these tips, I I don't want you to be overwhelmed or feel overloaded by, Oh my God, this is a lot. It might feel like a lot, but you only need to do one thing at a time, one thing at a time. And some of them are are processes. Forgiving is a process. Um, I think they say there are five stages of grieving, and that's whether it's a death 
or whether it's a divorce or any kind of loss, there are different stages in that grieving process. And I, I really believe people going through a divorce go through those same five uh, steps. And you have to figure out where you are in the process and there's no certain order that you go through them. So it might be disbelief, uh, anger, uh, hurt, jealousy, whatever those stages are, they're not in the same order for everybody. And it's really good if you can figure out which one you're in at that moment. So you'd kind of know how you're going to be responding to things. You're going to respond a little differently if you're angry, if you're in that stage of being angry, then you might respond if you're in a stage of disbelief, you know, that you still, I can't even believe this happened because that's almost like a state of shock that puts you in a, a place where you're immobilized for a lot of people, which is different than anger. Because you, you, you might be ready to act out anger or act out frustration. And so you have to guard yourself a little bit differently. But pay attention to where you are in that process. And then figure out which one of these steps uh, you're ready to tackle at that point. So another one, and this is number seven. I told you we might have some bonus ones. So consider getting some outside support. And, you know, I'm always talking about therapy because I so believe in therapy there's only so much your good friends and family members can take. And there's really only so much they can do for you. Um, unless you have a family member who's a therapist who's willing to do that, you know. But usually you don't want to go to the family member who's a therapist when you really need a therapist. So consider um, outside support that could look like therapy. And it could look like a support group. Um, I think we, I think we've, we, we, we kind of discredit support groups sometimes. We think of support groups, we think of, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotic, Narcotics Anonymous or Gamblers Anonymous. We think of, you know, these things where there's some sort of addiction or something that's really negative that we don't want to talk about. But you could have a support group. There are support groups out here for people going through or dealing with divorce. And that's one of the things that... Um, that I offer with the other people, the other people, there is a group. We do have a group called Divorce is Not a Destination. It's a private group on Facebook. You will have to answer a couple of questions to get into the group. But I created that group so that folks who are in the middle of a divorce or who have gone through a divorce have a place where they feel comfortable talking to other people who have had that experience about what's going on with them. And it's great to have that, that support group. So you can look at, if you're a person of faith, Look at your synagogue or your temple or your mosque or your church and see if they have some sort of support group. Maybe you are a spiritual person and it's not about a religious belief. See if there are spiritual groups in your area that might be, uh, be available for you to go to that might not be specifically for divorce, but are for people who are going through or have gone through something that has been traumatic for them. So... Um, it may not be specifically a divorce, you know, group, but it's people that have gone through something that's basically traumatized them and you might fit right in there. And it might be nice hearing people going through different things that they can relate to you, even though you're the one that's been through a divorce. So be really uh, uh, conscious of what's out there and be curious uh, looking in your community about what could be there. And some of these things could be anonymous. And now some of these things are online, which is fabulous because you really are anonymous. You can go to a group that's online. Um, you may need to go to um, a group face-to-face -face first so they know you 
and they can put a face and a name and then you'll get access to the online group. But once you're in the online group, you may only be on a first name basis. So it's not like people are going to know who you are. And that gives you a little more anonymity. And for some people, that's really, really comfortable. So I've got a couple of bonus things here, but I do want to open it up. I want to ask anyone who has been through a divorce, what was something that you did or experienced that helped you heal? And someone else, if you want to talk about what was the healing process like for you? What was, what were, what was a turning point for you when you realized I'm going to be okay? Uh, let me see. Jacqueline, are you on there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Okay. Uh, first, I want to say that I think for most people, uh, the divorce did start long before the papers, before the paperwork. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yep. The paperwork was just the legal part of it. Yep. So by the time that came around for me, I had already been separated. And that gave some space between, mm -hmm. um, you know, the time you actually are, are going to the lawyer, getting the paperwork done and, and all that. By that time, I had a lot of things already figured out. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, I was young when all that happened. I think I was in my early 20s when I got divorced, somewhere mm -hmm. around there. Um, the forgiving part, I think even even... Even that was um, just uh, a faint memory by the time I actually got the divorce. So I don't know, you know, to have that kind of um, anger, mm -hmm. maybe when it first, when you first realize that it, that it's going to, but I knew also in my heart and from my friends and, and my sisters that that was going to be the best thing for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get yeah, out of that situation. Yeah, so, that support, the support system can make a, a huge difference, right? Yeah. And yeah, and so this everyone who doesn't know, this is my mom. So I know a little bit of her story. I was there, <laughs> um, um, but I don't know it because I was there because I was too young to know what was going on uh, totally at the time, but we've definitely <laughs> talked about it since. So yeah, you were separated for several years before you technically got the divorce. Right. But right. I want to speak to something you said because we've talked about this before. The marriage, the marriage happens before the wedding and the divorce happens before the judge says you're divorced. Right. And what we right. mean by that is the, the wedding ceremony is just symbolic of what the experience that you should already be having is about. If you waited until the wedding day for you to behave as though this is my partner, my spouse, then something there, there's a delay, there's a disconnect in there yeah, because yeah. that should already have been, that's what that whole engagement period was for. This is the person yeah, I know I want to be with. That commitment is made before yeah. the yeah. marriage. And the divorce, when we say the divorce happened before divorce papers got signed, somebody knew there was a problem. Now, probably both of you <laughs> knew right. there was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. One of them uh, was 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 much more aware of it if if it hit them first if they were the ones who decided yeah I don't know if I want to be here they may have been the one that started behaving in a matter that let you realize I don't think they still want to be here which is now making you wonder is this going to work so when we say the divorce happened it's the disconnect of the relationship 
it's it's that breaking of whatever these vows were that you took with each other that starts surfacing in your relationship way before you get to an attorney. Right. And and when you can go back and start putting those pieces together, I think that actually speaks to the seek to understand part, because sometimes you, you got to go back to before you guys split up before you were talking about divorce. And if you can go back, then you can go, you know what? I did see that when it was happening and I knew that wasn't good. I just thought we were going to get through it or yeah, I knew there were problems. I thought they would work themselves out. I've heard that one. And so thanks for, for pointing that out for people, because I think it'll help people who are, even if you're already divorced to sit down and go, when did I really start getting that feeling in my gut? That something is not right. Something, I couldn't put my finger on it. You may know more now than you did then, but you knew something was not right. And if you can go back that far, it just makes it easier for you to accept what happened without it being, uh, without the anger. Now I'm going to, I'm going to commend my mom on something because she had two children, was a teen mom, graduated high school with two kids and a husband. And like you said, early twenties got divorced. And I, and there was one thing that I've always told people about my, my parents' divorce. My mother never spoke badly of our biological dad around us. And I don't know if she told people not to do it, but I never heard people speaking poorly about my father around us. And when I got old enough to have conversations with her, Um, the conversations, you know, as a teenager would be, you know, when you are old enough to have your own individual relationship with him, you decide what kind of man, what kind of person he is, because everybody deserves to have the room and opportunity to change. And if I let other people tell you what he's like and who he is and what he did, because he was young as well. Um, she said that, that will be how you look at him as opposed to you looking at him through your own eyes. And so I, mom, I always appreciated and, and respected you for that. And I've shared it with a lot of people because in that period of being hurt and dealing with all the pain, it is really easy to just get really resentful and vengeful and unforgiving and have anger. Yeah, Yeah. Anger and hate and all that negativity and spew it at this person that at one time you were in love with. I had two and I, children with. <laughs> right, right. And I know a lot of people, I have dated folks who would badmouth their exes and I'd be like, mm, let's not do that. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people out here who are just downright trifling. <laughs> I'm not yeah. saying, right. And I'm not saying people haven't done things that will warrant you being angry with them. This is not pie in the sky, you know, cotton candy, rainbow, unicorn right. stuff. Exactly. exactly. What I'm saying is you, you got to figure, and I had a coach who taught this. She said, even when you're sharing your story about someone who did you wrong, do everything you can to leave them with their dignity. Yeah. Do everything you can to leave them with their dignity. So it might be that they did something that hurt you, um, but we know that they have a story as well. And until you know their entire story, it's never going to make sense to you what they did or why they did what they did. So try to leave them with their dignity, even when you're telling the story of your pain. And, and so it allowed me to get to know my father as I got older. And when he was on his deathbed, I went there and was with him in his hospice. And, and I remember people saying, I don't believe she's doing that. 
He didn't do nothing for her mom. <laughs> he didn't help my parents who raised me. That's how they raised me. Right. And no matter what they thought of him, I'm not me without him either. So I don't get to I don't get to pick which parent helped me become who I am because all of my parents. You can't split yeah. the DNA. I can't no, I can't split the DNA and then right. I can't split the nurturing that I got from my dad who raised me from Perry. So I tell people I had three parents. Right. I get here to who I am because of all three of them. It doesn't matter what he looked like to anybody else. Um, and it's interesting because I've learned a lot about him since he's he's been gone, just from reading some of the stuff that I, I brought home from his place. But um, things start making more sense to you when you get older, too, and you realize everybody's trying to figure this out. Right. Everybody is trying to figure life yeah. out. And in terms of marriage, um, uh, having a family, I used to tell you all all the time, nobody gets books. We can only go by <laughs> what we're told, what we've seen. Um, but you really, there are no instructions yeah. about, about how to stay married. You just kind of, yeah, yeah, pick it out. There, but the other think, thing too, I wanted to say when, um, when we're older, like I said, I was, I was young. I didn't know a lot of things. I only, you know, I hear a little bit here and a little bit there, but I think, um, when we learn to let go, mm. it's so freeing. You know, when you say when you I say let go, let go, be specific. Let go of what? I let go of the anger. Let go of the what if I should I could I why mm -hmm. didn't I? Uh, maybe if I did this yeah. or that or the other, just to be able to let all that go. I have a friend who who was um, his wife was um, cheating on him, and um, again. He even said, you know, he knew something wasn't, you know, right. quite, mm -hmm. but he was married and he wanted to be married. So she finally left him for this other person. And he really loved her. He, he said he cried and, you know, he went through all of that because he really loved this woman. And one night, you know, months and months and months later, he's sitting in the pub talking to his friend about it. And his friend said, you loved your wife. He said, yeah, I still love her. He said, and you want her to be happy. And he said, well, yeah. He said, well, is she happy? Right. He said, well, yeah. He said, and is the guy happy she's with? And he said, well, yeah. He said, well, so what, what are you upset about now? She's happy. That's, <laughs> now, that's kind of simple, but some part of that is right. so true. I'm going to tell you, there is a book, there is a book, um, it's called Loving What Is, and I've yeah. talked about it on the show, it's called Loving What Is, and that right there is exactly one of the things that she talks about, you know, if you say you want this person to be happy, right. and they're happy not being with you, so what, right. what it is, is we want them happy, but we want to yeah. decide how they're happy. And damn it, I want you happy here with me. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna right. make you be happy under my terms. Yeah, and, he said a light went on. He said it didn't happen right away. Right, but it just gave him something to start thinking about instead of "Woe is me! How could she do this to me?" Um, you know, I was a good husband and blah blah blah. You yep. know, because she didn't do it. To, the, the reality is she didn't do it to him. She did it for her. Yeah, for her. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, it, and it's kind of we got it. And it's what I said earlier on. Don't you're not saying no to the person. You're saying yes to yourself. 
And it's hard for us to accept that, you know, this person left me to say yes. Now, could they maybe have done it a better way? Would I, you know, for me, I'd rather have a conversation. I'd rather you sit down and say, hey, you know, this isn't working for me. I think you're a cool person, but this is not the best place for me. And so I'm going to move on. I think we can be much less passive aggressive. And I think we could be a lot more honest, but I think for, as, as my girlfriend, Wendy always says, she says, I can't find this in the Bible, but I know it's there. Most adults are punks. <laughs> she, she said, and because they're punks, it's passive aggressive all the way. They don't want to be honest. They don't want to say something that is out of character based on what society says would be good character. So no one wants to sit down and say to you, I think you're cool and I really do love you, but not enough to stay here. And I want to mm-hmm. go and I want to be with another person or mm-hmm. whatever it is, because they think they're going to look bad. And yeah. for mm-hmm. me, I'd rather have that reality check and a little bit of pain from dealing with reality than the pain of thinking, wow, was I with somebody who was just a bold-faced liar for how long? Mm-hmm. What else did they lie about? You know, And so that's some of the stuff that you, you owe it to yourself to work through. So that you're not beating yourself up like your friend saying, you know, you know, but I loved her and I was a great person and I would, I can't believe she did this to me. And if Mm -hmm. we can just go, what if she didn't do it to me? Mm -hmm. What if what she did was for her happiness and it really wasn't about trying to make me miserable? Because that probably wasn't what she was thinking. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I see my aunt Nadine. Nadine, did you want to comment? And I, I can, if you do clap and I'll get you on the microphone because I know last time you were having problems with your mic. So let me see if I can get you on the microphone. Okay. Let's see. There you go. Okay. Hello. Hello. Um, I have to agree with Jackie on some. Um, I did the same thing with mine. I never spoke bad about their dad. Mm-hmm. I says, you can make your own decisions on that. But I was prepared to leave. Mm -hmm. I told him I was going to leave. I told him what I was going to do. I was going to get a car, a job, and I was going to leave him. And that's the order that I did it in. But the only thing that shocked me was when the bills came in and I had to pay him. I Mm. wasn't ready for that part because he was a good provider, but... He wanted to provide for everybody, and I thought right. it should be just my house. Right, you know, that didn't work. He was he was a global provider. He was a community yes. provider. Yes, so, that puts so, it very nicely. So, so a couple of things, a couple of things that just so first of all, this this is my aunt Nadine. You guys know my aunt Nadine and my mom are almost on here every week. They're like my co-anchors, but I, I want to. There there is something about how both of you dealt with with that. And, and people just don't realize how important that is because so many people hear so much bad stuff about exes and, and maybe that's where I get it. And the other thing I think I got from my, my aunts, my mom, my family is what my aunt Nadine said. I sat down and told him exactly what I was going to do. And maybe that's why I'm just crazy enough to think that you can just sit down and tell people, Hey, I don't want to be here anymore. (laughs) People think, cause I've had girlfriends, I've had girlfriends say, would you have wanted to, him to tell you that he was still in love with his ex and wanted to? Yes, I actually yeah. would have felt better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now anyone who hears this, you see these two women or hear these two women. Now you understand that that is part of my reality because that is the culture of the family that I grew up with. We much rather deal with the reality 
then you BSing us. And the reason is because if my Aunt Nadine can sit there and tell the breadwinner of the house, hey, so I'm going to leave you. And uh, this is what it's going to look like. This is step one, step two, step three. And then she did step one, step two, step three, right? And so some of this stuff, as my girlfriend says, don't be a punk. Stop being passive aggressive. You don't have to be angry. It could be a calm conversation. If you have to, then write it down. But it is okay to speak up for yourself when it's something that you want and when it's something that you don't want. Because if you don't do it for yourself, who else is going to do it? Right. I also um, made sure that the kids would acknowledge him on his birthday, Christmas, and all the holidays. And don't forget mm, tomorrow's right. dad's birthday. Right. Call him and yeah. say Father's Day and all like that. You know, yeah. I thought I, I, you, I, that I'm was start, It was really decent. And I'm starting to, you just made me wonder, because of the way you left, because you, you didn't sneak. I mean, now look, folks, my family has seen everything. I have a large family. I don't believe that there is a scenario that we haven't had in our family. So we've had abusers. We've had drug addicts, alcoholics, everything that you can imagine. And yes, there are some scenarios where you need to pack and get the heck out of there as quickly as possible by any means necessary. And if it's in the dark of night, then that's how you do it. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a situation where, you know, this isn't good for me. I don't want to be here. You're probably not crazy happy either. But I think, Nadine, because of the way you did that, you didn't leave with a bunch of anger and blame and animosity. And it was easy for you to say, send your dad a birthday card. Call your father today. It's Father's Day. Um, or, you know, you're going to you're going to drop something off to your dads for for whatever for Christmas. Because I think when you are are strong enough or responsible and, and courageous enough to stand up for yourself, you don't you it empowers you to be that person on the other side. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm sure, I even, well, and you know yourself, Lisa, I even helped with his service when he passed away. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. She was the point person, and y'all have been divorced for 116 years. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. way, way past Juvember. Way past Juvember. <laughs> yeah. And I think but the I, other thing, I think the other thing for all of us, for Nadine and for me, um, even though uh, you know, my first husband, your dad, and I weren't married that long, we had known each other for all mm-hmm. of our lives. Our families were intertwined. We were intertwined in the community that we grew up with. And that helps to keep a relationship. It may not be marriage, mm-hmm. but it helps. I mean, my I took Lisa and Tammy to visit his grandparents and his dad as often as I could mm-hmm. after we separated because I didn't want them to lose that connection yeah. with that side of the family. We were invited, even when I got married again, we were invited to their family reunions. Yeah, so let me explain that. So people... My mom and my dad who raised me, Perry, who, my, my stepdad, technical term, he would get invitations to my biological dad's family's reunion. And if we showed up without him, they would be like, where's Perry? Right, right. Because, <laughs> because when we went down to visit them, well, the very first time my mother took him, my grandfather and my great-grandmother took to my stepdad. And so they were fine because they understood that that divorce needed to happen. And they were they were fine with it. So... Um, This is kind of a good transition to go into. These are the bonus ones here. One of them is re-entering 
dating and re-entering dating slowly. And I know both of you ended up, you know, having, you know, relationships and loves after that and remarrying. So it's, it's a, a good conversation to have. I, I am not, people will realize on this show, I don't do a whole lot of, okay, how are you going to get ready to date again? I'm really much more interested in making sure that people, women in particularly, but some of those really extraordinary men get themselves together for themselves first. Because I think there's a tendency to gravitate towards somebody too quickly before you've worked out your stuff. Some of these steps I gave you, you haven't figured out even what went wrong in the last relationship and you're deep, deep, deep into another one. And, and research will tell you sometimes that works because you have that person that's giving you validation and the support, all the stuff that you weren't getting and so those relationships can work, but sometimes you're just trying to avoid dealing with reality. And if that's what happens in a, the next relationship, you may be setting yourself up and the other person for failure. So the bonus one is um, they will say most people need a year or two after being in a really long-term relationship. That doesn't mean you're never going to go to a movie with someone. You're not going to befriend someone. But you, you just want to give yourself the time, whatever time you need to really process through what happened. Find out what you like and don't like. If you've been married for a long time, you may have forgotten some of the stuff that you like that you stopped doing. Or you may have things that are new to you that you liked. Um, does anybody want to talk about what it was like when you started dating again? Um, I don't remember when I started dating after you <laughs> Me neither, Jackie. Okay, that's too funny. So, I guess, <laughs> you know, I had a few. I had a few guys that I went out with. Curtis. Uh, I had a few. I won't put names out there. That's not I, right. Um, but I had a few guys that I dated. But I can almost remember when I met Perry and decided that this is the kind of guy that I wanted to help raise my children. I can almost remember. Um, because those other guys were fun and we had a good time and we partied and all that. But it was like, it was something not there. Something was not there mm -hmm. that, um, I mean, I didn't even bring them around the family. Right. <laughs> so right. You know, that is not a good sign. Right. But, um, I mean, I, I met Perry. It was a blind date kind of sort of kind of thing. And, um, before the evening was over, I told him he was going to marry me one day. That was the first time I'd ever seen this man in my life. Okay, and so I, I'm going to advise against that. Um, well, yeah, I wouldn't advise that. <laughs> I would not advise that. But again, I was still kind of young. I mean, I it's, it's, a, it's, it's definitely and, not a punk it worked, move. It worked for 50 years. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, that's definitely not a punk move right there. That's a bold move. That's a, right. that's a grown, as my friend would say, that's a grown behind woman move right there. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but as my Aunt Doris told her when she came home that night and told her, she said, you ain't going to never see that man again. <laughs> Because um, he thinks you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, he thinks you are straight up out of your mind. But she actually did do that. So so re-enter dating slowly. This is one of your bonus. Yeah. And your other bonus is hang in there. And know what you want. No, especially well, if you're older. Because a lot of people don't. They they've been married a long, long time. Uh, we both we have a friend who was with a man from almost high school until he died a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And she did not she does not have any dating experience right well that's oh. the that's the that's the part where you need to seek you need to get some understanding you need right. to see what you need to understand what happened in that relationship and if it's if it if you got with someone when you were really young in your teens or yeah. early 20s and you're and now, now in your, your 40s, 40s 
Yeah, you're in your 40s or 50s. You don't know what dating is. Right. I mean, you really don't. And you a lot since high school. Yeah, exactly. And you really need to trust some friends that can be honest with you. And you need to spend some time dating yourself. You need right. to spend time dating yourself. You need to be out here traveling and taking yourself on dates to movies, figuring out what you like and don't like. Because if you just keep looking for that same person, you're a 50, 40, 50, 60 year old woman looking for a guy that's going to make you feel like you felt at 17 and, and you're mm-hmm. asking for trouble because if you find him, that's probably not going to be a healthy thing. So that's definitely in the in the spend time. So the last bonus, the last one. So one bonus was the date re-entering dating. Do it slowly. The right. last one, which will be tip number nine, is just hang in there, people. Yeah, hang in yeah, there. Yeah. There are going to be good days and there are going to be bad days, and only you know what that feels like. Right. Now. There's a and there's a thing. One more thing. One more thing. My- <laughs> when you do date, go on a date. So many women go on dates. Uh, forget what I told you. That was a crazy move. But they go on dates and already they have started planning the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, just just make it a date. You know, have right. that lunch or dinner. We're gonna have a whole nother show, Ma, on dating. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> she, she's already she's asked me a few. We need to have a date on how to how the show on how to pick a date. So we're gonna do a show on on dating. Uh, but like I said, that's one of the things that I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on because I, I really want to get people. We're gonna have one that's in the can because these are some good folks to talk to about dating because they they did pretty good. Um, <laughs> But, but I want people to understand that it's a process that you need to plan and prepare for as well. I just don't want people to come to this show thinking my goal is to get you ready so you can date and get married again or so you yeah, can date. Because right. I, I really know that it's OK to spend that time by yourself. It's a great feeling because then when you do start dating, it's much healthier. It's a much better feeling. You're much more likely to be able to tell people what you like and don't like, what you're going to do and not going to do, what you want, what you don't want. And you don't feel guilty about it. It's like, no, this is this is who I am and where I am. So it's almost full circle back around to my aunt Nadine being able to say, yep, I'm leaving. And this is what it's going to look like. So back to the last one. Hang in there. Um, Things will get easier over time if you believe that things will get easier over time. And, right. and and that and it's funny because the tip just said things will get easier over time. I don't believe that. I think things are only going to get easier over time if you believe that they're going to get easier over time. Because mm-hmm. if you believe it's going to be hell forever, then it will be hell forever. Yep. So you got to believe that tomorrow it gives you another day with different opportunities, and that if you know some days are going to be better than others, and you believe you're going to get through them, then you'll get through them. And having some sort of a plan, a little bit of a guide for yourself, something to do, you know, saying, you know what, I do need to spend some time figuring out what happened. I do need to get to the point where I can forgive this person and forgive myself. I wonder what that's going to feel like when I'm not pissed at them anymore. I do need to spend some time working on my finances. If you are actually invested in things that are going to um, improve your life and enhance how you're living your life, that is what's going to help you start believing that things will get better if you just hang in there and do something for yourself. So I want to thank thank my Aunt Nadine and my, my mom here. If you guys have any any last words here on, on hanging in there. 
No, we'll talk about that when we get to the dating. Time, I always say, and this too shall pass. And just put on your big girl panties and keep going. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) I like that. I like the big girl panties. I'm always saying that one. Yep, put on your big girl panties and hang in there. And yeah, phone a friend if you need to. But just tell yourself this is going to get better and believe it and it will get better. So look, thank you guys so much for for being here tonight. I love doing this. This I can't believe I've only missed one week in like five months. And that's because I was in Germany and just couldn't do another 2 2 a.m. show uh, to be here (laughs) live with you. But uh, we will be back here next week. I will see you then. Uh, Before I go, I want to let everybody know I entered something called Vote Fab 40. It's uh, Fabulous Over 40. It is in support of the National Breast Cancer Foundation. And I entered a contest to get voted as being fabulous over 40, where I could win a two-page spread, $40,000, and a spa weekend in Arizona. So the link that you see across the little ticker tape at the bottom, if you click that, it will take you to the link and you can vote for me. Um, you can also find it on my And share it. And you can vote for free. You're going to see an option to donate to the Breast Cancer Foundation. You don't have to. If you would like to, you can. And I appreciate it on their behalf. And I know they will. But you can vote for me once a day, every day for free. And uh, we'll see if I make it to the top 20 on the 20th of this month. So thanks, everybody, for being here on the show with me tonight. And I will look forward to seeing you next week. Good night. Thank you for listening to my series, Divorce is Not a Destination. You can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Divorce is Not a Destination. And if you enjoyed this episode, recommend Divorce is Not a Destination to your family and friends. Be sure to join my live audience and see upcoming shows by registering for access here at Fireside. That's firesidechat.com backslash Lisa Summer Hour, L-I-S-A. S-U-M-M-E-R-O-U-R. Catch replays here on Fireside or your favorite streaming channel. Until next time, remember, your life, your journey, and divorce is not a destination. Live on Fireside.